The American promise is the Statue of Liberty. Um, the American dream is kind of like uh, a uh, fabricated notion, uh, I think, that was really kind of driven by advertisement. And so, you know, we have to bridge the gap. And so this book helps to ask those questions of how do we bridge the gap between the American dream and the, the American promise. And Moses Benjamin, <laughs> DJ, is in the middle of this, leading kind of like the charge of, you know, kind of creating this resistance against Russian aggression uh, in, in you know, post-apocalyptic America. Welcome to the Carefree Black Nerd Podcast, a conversation about representation in comics and related media. I am your host, Rain Coleman, and this issue will be a bit different. Uh, I have a very special guest on today. We're going to be discussing a couple things. Make sure you pull out your notepads, pens, papers, all that good stuff, and keep your ears up, because I have Mr. Baron Bell. How are you, sir? Hey, doing great, bro. Doing great. Good, good, good. So, ah, diving right in there. You are, <laughs> you've created some things that are uh, very uh, relevant, very important, very. Um, uh, That's what I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> and, yes, you have. So, I guess before getting into the, the projects and things you've done, kind of uh, tell my listeners, who are you? Who, who Who is this man? <laughs> okay, well, you know, um, uh, my name is Baron Bell. Uh, uh, some, some people know me as Dr. Baron Bell. Uh, I have a PhD in adult education, uh, and I teach uh, in the media arts realms as well as um, graphic design animation. Uh, I uh, teach at Liberty University, and uh, I teach for art institutes. Uh, I'm based in Portland, so okay. this is where we really are. Um, but uh, I teach online for Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. Um, but uh, when I'm not doing that, I'm a comic book artist and writer um, and uh, just a, a general nerd <laughs> storyteller <laughs> and just a, a lover of all things uh, comics and, uh, you know, pop culture. Good, 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 good deal. That's, that sounds very familiar for the listeners on this uh, on this platform. Is that that's, this is all nerd stuff all the time so that's right. cool so tell I'm me good, you, go ahead go ahead go ahead <laughs> i make the company yeah most definitely most definitely now with you <laughs> being a creator an artist a writer a doctor how let us know how do we get here how did we get you here to the carefree black nerd podcast like where did all of this start was this like childhood watching cartoons was this college picked up a comic book randomly like what's yeah, your well, origin you know, story? I mean, it, all, it all started in the crib and you know no i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> uh, actually uh yeah well it's it actually close to that time um you know when i was a child um i used to um i was very creative um to my mom's chagrin because i used to draw on the walls and uh, <laughs> she didn't like that so much so eventually i i 
booked to drawing on you know, we were kind of poor so we we didn't have much paper so i had to open up you know with the inside of a book it's usually a blank page yeah yeah so i would draw on those pages mm-hmm. <laughs> and, then, and then she didn't like that either so then eventually you know we got a little money that she got me uh you know sketch pad and so i i you know demolished hundreds of, <laughs> of sketch pads and then you know drawing my own comic book stories and whatever and uh my oldest brother uh he was a uh, he he really kind of introduced me uh i would say it's almost kind of like a gateway mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the x-men uh yes. during uh sylvester's uh run um he really he, i got into that and it literally was like a gateway that was that became my drug of choice uh i i used to just absolutely binge on comics and love them and couple that with with my desire to be very creative and artistic i started to just draw more and then eventually i started to write um i really am kind of like a student of of story crafting mm-hmm. uh so i absolutely love the process of telling the the hero's journey the the three act yes. uh story uh and uh yeah I, i went to school um i eventually got my masters in film and animation and uh 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 during that time uh i started you know writing uh, my first um self published book okay. uh about a, a a black teenager who realized he was actually an angel trapped in human form mm. and uh that book's called cobalt warrior angel um uh, that came out in 2000 2001 uh you could probably find it in a long box somewhere <laughs> <laughs> uh that that actually uh yeah that was uh, that was a good one that, that that got distributed uh you know miraculously i'm not sure how i did that but uh yeah and then eventually um you know i just kind of like you know fell away from it for a little while uh until um i don't know when i thought about radio free america but i had always been enamored with um uh just kind of like history mm-hmm. uh pop culture the news uh and uh you know i i just kind of like developed the the idea for this book um and eventually we'll get into that uh, shortly but eventually after i started writing that um uh, got that published and uh then started writing other things uh, i was in the uh, entertainment industry for a little bit i lived in LA uh and uh yeah man i mean i was just doing the hollywood hustle <laughs> hollywood shop <laughs> whatever you want to call it uh-huh. uh and uh from my first book um i got some traction with um the uh producers of the film biker boys mm-hmm. uh, back in the day the, yeah. the blythe blythe woods and uh they liked cobalt and uh, so we were talking about that and um um and then um uh Yeah, so I mean, it's been it's been an interesting journey uh up until now um you know the only two books I really have published is Cobalt and Radio Free America but I've also collaborated on several other projects and uh and now I have a new project coming out um in by the end of the year called North Star. Okay. So uh, yeah, that that's what yeah, in a nutshell <laughs> in, 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 in a condensed nutshell that's what gets me to uh, to your podcast. Good, good, good Lord, that, <laughs> that is a lot, man. Uh, so, 
kind of going back to the the, the early days, how did because you were drawing and you said your your uh, older brother gave you those gateway uh, I don't want to say yeah. drugs, but those gateway experiences. They're like what? <laughs> what was it about like the X Men? It was like okay, now this is something that was it the stories? Was it the art? Was it a combination of both? What was it? Um, I remember one thing that particularly stands out uh, was the the story of I guess you can call it Genosha, Genoshoa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the island of mutants. Um, yeah. and the thing I think that drew me particularly to X-Men because the, X-Men wasn't the only comic book I was reading. He had mm-hmm. tons of comic books, but that grabbed me because of the parallels to the black community. Mm-hmm parallels to discrimination, the parallels to racism, the parallels to otherism, mm-hmm. um, that, that, that they did such a fantastic job of, of, of detailing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I, I distinctly recall a, uh, one of the panels that had the word nudie scran- uh, scrawled in, in, in um, spray paint on a wall, mm-hmm. and that could easily have been the N-word yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm like, man, you know, whoever is writing these books, they have their finger on the pulse mm-hmm. of, of, of this hot button issue of discrimination. And that really kind of got my ire up. And I'm like, yeah, it, it, to, to know that you could use such a, uh, a creative device as comics yeah. to delve into social discourse was eye opening to me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's one of the things that really kind of got my attention. Man, it's <laughs> I feel like you just told my own story because it was though it was the animated series for me, I had tons of like X Men comics and mm-hmm. I didn't. Uh, I was a lover of books. My mom made me read like tons of stuff when I was a kid, novels, everything. And so yeah. when, once I got to comics, it was like, yeah, I can use my imagination, but I I'm also being directed as to how this person looks, what this person yeah. does. And I can still get a fully fleshed out story, man. So yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for, for me, it's like, um, you know, I'm an educator, so my whole goal in life is okay. Well, what's the best way to deliver truth mm-hmm. um, uh, to the masses? And you know, one way to do it is entertainment. And mm-hmm. so, comics is a great resource to to tell uh, a, a, a hard issue hard yes. stories mm-hmm. um to to youth who are are very open to visual media mm-hmm. so it's like that e- evolved me from just not only being an entertainer but also being an educator and using my craft to do that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes oh man it's conversations like this if i can take an aside really quickly yeah are so important to me because though I'm I'm quick to say, you know, learn about this character, learn about this, learn about that. Sure, 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 it's sure. not always what's on the page that's important. Yeah. It's a lot of times it's what's behind the scenes. Yeah. Much like with Radio Free America, it is a beautiful book. <laughs> but Thank you. You're more than welcome. But everything that goes on behind the scenes to make this even become a book, much like with the next man, with a milestone uh comic with mm-hmm. Even if everyone on the front page are white people, blonde hair, blue eyed white people, if you have yeah. that, the 
creators of color and different mm-hmm. lived-in experiences to give you these stories. They can sure. resonate with so many. So I, oh, my God. That's why I push so hard for representation in comics and related uh, media because that's, man, that's that's important. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at Black Panther. I mean, you know, my thing is, you know, I, I'm all for diversity. I want everybody to have a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. But to see, and, you know, I mean, first and foremost, you know, you know Black Panther was one of the first movies uh, you know, after Wonder Woman, of course, that mm-hmm. my wife went to me with went with me to mm-hmm. watch because it was not just a comic movie; it mm-hmm. was a cultural phenomenon. Yes, yes. And 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 that is what I'm talking about. And black people are in front of it. You yes, know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. the highest movies of all time. And so it's like to me, it's like okay, that is fantastic validation. Yes. Now that's not to say I I am exclusive because I want everybody to have a seat at the table. So, hey, let's have, you know, a Hispanic, you know, blockbuster mm-hmm. that box office records. Let's have an Asian led leading man, you know, be the top of the game. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, so, let, mm-hmm. but yo, Black Panther was black people's turn at the table. We yeah. needed to have that. We needed to have that validation. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 you know, I feel uh, that movies like that and this is, you know, like I said, part of my my journey to educate. Uh, movies like Black Panther shows the world uh, new and different sides of the Black diaspora, mm-hmm, and in 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 fantastic ways, and to show that, okay, we're not just this type of person. We are all of these types of people. Yes, yes. we're smart, we're funny. We have we have you know, beautiful be- beautiful women. We have beautiful men. We have you know, uh, uh, age-old traditions. We mm-hmm. have all. Um, we have this wonderful lineage from Africa, and all of these different cultures and languages that blend together in this quilt of blackness. Yes. And so that's one of the things that I loved about that. And you know, like I said, I'm, I'm an educator, so I'm seeking to to open people's minds up as much as I can. That <laughs> you you set them off for there that. Oh my God! And, and then speaking of Black Panther, another quick aside. I think we've reached seven hundred million. Oh my gosh, that is so. I think that's yeah. What was <laughs> we were like teetering on that in the last couple of days yeah, at the yeah, time yeah. of this that's recording. True. So you know, kudos. And it and it again it goes to my point and to yours as well. This is the <laughs> the success of Black Panther should not end with Black Panther. I should be able to see a leading man who's Asian, who's not the token uh, comic relief geeky guy. You know, I shouldn't see an overly sexualized Asian woman just because some CEO somewhere has a fetish. Like, it's it's proof that you can have fully fleshed out stories and they can be centered around people of color, marginalized people, and everyone can enjoy them. And I just... They can be universal. They can be universal. Absolutely. And I think there was a universal story about family. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a story about brother against brother. It's, that's the civil war. You know I mean? This yes. is, this is, you can relate to, you know this stuff. It's just black. You know? And, and that doesn't make it bad or it doesn't make it anything. It just makes it this is universal. This is storytelling. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> oh my God! Yes, yes, yes. And I'm. Uh, I, I want. I want more of this. I want more of this. So, yeah. 
that just so you mentioned that you were reading other things outside of X Men. Do you have any um, off the top of your head other books that you were kind of engulfed in around oh that time? Oh my gosh, Frank Miller's Daredevil. Oh my gosh, Ugh, that that Frank Miller's Daredevil. Um, the, the, the level of storytelling was just absolutely amazing. The Dark Knight, of mm. course. Um, uh, geez, Louise. Um, Justice back in the day. Back mm. in the day, um, uh, Justice League was actually funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> that was good stuff. Um, yeah. You know, uh, anything. I mean, I just, um, even indie comics, mm-hmm. um, you know, on the side, um, uh, you know, I, I really just kind of like immersed myself in, in, in all sorts of different kinds of comics. I didn't want to just restrict myself to to the big name titles. So, mm-hmm. so I would. Be, one thing I loved to do when I was a kid was I used to go to the. Um, there used to be this uh, uh, this old bookstore, half half price bookstore. Okay. Yeah. Called, called the Book Warehouse and mm-hmm. Book Warehouse. Uh, I grew up in uh, Syracuse, New York. I want to give a shout out to Syracuse, uh, and. Uh, they had this little book warehouse. You can go in, and they had these little um, long boxes mm-hmm. of comics, ten cents. Now these are not uh, mint condition books, by the way. <laughs> no covers on them, whatever. So whatever you can grab, I think you could get like, you know, um, a whole slew of comic books for a couple of bucks. And you know, yeah. as a kid, I had much money, but I was able to just like grab a whole handful of comics. And just it, it it didn't matter what titles they were, I just grabbed it, and then I just started voraciously yes. reading. And um, one of the things that that I will always promote is just literacy. I mean, it, it made me read. Comic books made me yes. read, mm-hmm. and so so that was a huge huge portion. But there wasn't any. I mean, like I said, I was I was an equal opportunity. I was an omnivore for comics, so I'm like <laughs> I <I'll> read. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, it sounds. I, I remember going into stores and not knowing what I was looking at, but I saw that there was seven consecutive issues of whatever this was, and, yeah, I, and they were a quarter, and I wanted yeah, yeah. <laughs> Snap them up. Right, right. Oh, jeez, man. That's how I got into things like um, Fathum, uh, was yeah, it yeah, Tao, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, oh, Rocco's Modern Life comics. Like, it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. Why not? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yes. Like, my Sure, I read all that. Man, look, y'all. And I, I know my audience isn't the ones to be saying this to, but if y'all sleeping on comics, man, <laughs> get on them. <laughs> so, get on them. Oh my God! So you you've done a lot. Now that first book that you said, the Cobalt uh, Warrior yeah. Angel, how was yeah. that? Was that through a company? Was that like a, just a, an indie book that you put out on your own? Was that attached to any? Like, how did that come about? Um, it was it was um, it was a risk I took to self-publish my own book. Okay. Um, you know I you know it originally came from the idea. You know I I recently saw the movie Blade, and I'm like, man, you know Blade is awesome, but you know I would love to write a story kind of like that. What would it be? And then I said, well, what if Blade were an angel? Okay. And then that's where kind of like the premise came from, and I just kind of like developed this whole world of angels and demon and warfare and all that other stuff but made it really cool and mm-hmm. you know you know kind of hip-hop in a way and so uh and so when i wrote it and when i developed it i kind of like you know did focus group testing on my own 
Mm -hmm. um, and uh, just eventually developed a prototype, a proof of concept that people like. And then I developed that into uh, like a full color book. Mm. Um, and uh, I just kind of like did, did, the, did, the, did the hustle. I was doing comic book um, conventions. Um, I would um, go to different um, youth service organizations and mm -hmm. groups and I just found all sorts of different ways to try to, to sell the book. Um, I eventually uh, got distributed through Diamond Distributors. And um, yeah, it, it was, uh, like I said, you know, somewhere in a long box in some old comic book store, you, you'll be able to probably find it. <laughs> <laughs> Good deal. It's, it's to, there. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to kind of see if I can't go ahead and find it because it sounds very interesting. Uh, yeah. You were, thought about maybe revisiting that story or any of those characters eventually, or anything? Eventually. Um, actually, I think I have a couple books I can send you. Just you know, send me your address. I'll send you a book. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, shit, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. That's, that's Absolutely. what's... <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, okay. Now, uh, I guess going a, a little bit uh, further past out of the origin storyness of it all, Radio Free America... Yes. First and foremost, without telling me anything about it, any the listener, anything about it, tell us when did you uh, think of this story, and then when did you actually like write it, like the year? If uh... um, okay, so the the inception of Radio Free America was actually um, after I saw the movie Red Dawn back uh -huh. in the late eighties. That I would definitely say was the birth of the idea behind it. Um, I, like I said earlier, have always been inspired and interested by history. I'm a voracious student of history. I read all sorts of different history books, and you know, um, I look at the political times. Um, I read the newspapers. Mm. Yes. So, you know, there are newspapers, there are physical newspapers that people can actually pick up and read. You don't always have to go online, but I read newspapers, I follow news itself. I'm very kind of um, astute um, kind of consumer of information these days. But back then, um, you know, I, I said, you know, wow, that's such a, it's, it's such a, uh, a, a deep story about what could eventually or probably possibly happen you know, if America was invaded, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. It wasn't then and it isn't now. And so um, eventually, you know, I started to kind of, once I grew more, matured more in education, matured more in my talent and writing ability, um, I got to the point where I said, you know what, I want to write my own um, kind of a World War Three story, post uh, mm -hmm story but I want my um, my leading man to be a black man yeah because um, I, I hadn't seen that you don't see post-apocalyptic stories with black people um, as the leading characters you mm -hmm. really don't I mean book of Eli yeah that's one it's kind of a shame that that's the only one I can really point to yeah. um, there's a few more um, I think there's something coming out um, with Forrest Whitaker, uh, that might be something like that too. But um, uh, I had it, you know, it's woefully deficient as far as representation. 
yeah. as in that in that arena. So I decided to write it myself. I said, you know what, I'm just going to do it. And so, um, you know, uh, I, I, I basically the you know the, the short elevator pitch is you know Radio Free America is Red Dawn meets The Wire. Uh, it, it's it's literally you know urbanized um, World War Three uh, uh, kind of um, almost. I've heard the word prophetic in a way, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, especially nowadays. Yeah. But uh, you know, I said, you know what? Um, as I started to put the story together, I said, well, if, if this were to happen, how would it happen? Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, okay, well, um, who would be our enemy? Who would be invading? And, and uh, at the time, I wrote this in um, 2007, oh, 2006, I think. I started writing in 2006, mm-hmm. 2007. Uh, and I said, you know what? At that point in time, you know, everybody was like, oh, um, you know, the Islamists, uh, they're they're our enemy and everyone was yelling and screaming about islam you know post 9 11. um but i said well that's that's kind of low-hanging fruit i think that the real the real enemy is the enemy that's always been there it's been hiding in the shadows and they're waiting to come back and it's the russians and i said uh i said this in 2007 i said the russians are a sleeping giant yeah and we're ignoring them and so uh, I started to develop this um, kind of a scenario where the Russians um, uh, kind of, after uh, a huge world-changing event mm-hmm. with America being kind of like a, a world police coming into a small nation and invading it, the Russians basically led uh, a revolt in the United Nations and left. They left the United Nations with a slew of other nations, some Islamic, some, um, you know, other communist uh, bloc uh, uh, nations, mm-hmm. and they developed their own United Nations. And then after, shortly after that, they invade. And uh, my, my main question was, um, at the end of the day, uh, when the lights go out, who are you? It's really a, a tale about uh, telling, asking the question to every American, who are you at the end of the day? If um, tanks roll up in your neighborhood with a big red star on it, um, what are you going to do? Are you going to rise up and fight, or are you going to run away? Um, the people who you think would fight, like the drug dealers, the gang makers, a lot of those cats run away. Mm. Um, the people who you least suspect, like the soccer moms, the church pastors, yeah. Uh, the, uh, the the meat maids, you know, those people would actually pick up the guns and they would fight and mm-hmm. they would die for their country. Um, the the other thing I, I the other kind of question I want to ask is uh, who who is America? Who who is an American? Um, uh, and that is a question that is subjective because everyone can has their own answer to it. Mm-hmm. But um, the uh, the whole thing is um, the American dream versus the American promise. Mm, okay, mm, mm. the American promise is the Statue of Liberty. Um, the American dream is kind of like uh, a uh, fabricated notion. Uh, I think that was really kind of driven by advertising. Yeah. 
And so, you know, we have to bridge the gap. And so this book helps to ask those questions of how do we bridge the gap between the American dream and then the American promise. And Moses Benjamin, <laughs> DJ, is in the middle of this leading kind of like the charge of, you know, kind of creating this resistance against Russian aggression and mm. uh, in, in post-apocalyptic America. Man. <laughs> I just, it's funny. The story isn't funny, but it's funny because we're in this space now where Radio Free America is not fantasy. Where it feels no. like Radio Free America could be 2020, depending on how the rest of this year goes and the next year. I, yeah. How did you feel? Okay, well, I guess before getting to that, you said uh, the Red Dawn meets the wire. Yeah. I guess I don't. I just I'm still like because I've I've read the first issue. I've I've been familiar with the uh, property for a little while now, and even now since discovering Radio Free America, I'm still shocked when I turn on the TV or I listen to a podcast or I hear something on the radio about our current political climate and how your mind just is now pulling at, after reading Radio Free America, these different instances of things that could go wrong that would probably lay this story, Radio Free America, out to be some sort of like, biblical text like this yeah. this uh uh foreshadowed the end time or so- <laughs> yeah yeah how do i you mean feel about that i feel uh sadly vindicated <laughs> um, you know uh, my thing is you know ultimately uh I, i'm out to i'm a storyteller mm-hmm. you know and i'm out to 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 communicate truth and in a way, um, you know, when I wrote Radio Free America, I really was trying to do a lot of different things. I was trying to tell uh, a story um, with, um, you know, uh, marginalized characters as the lead characters. Mm-hmm. So you have, you know, a black man, a Hispanic woman. Um, there is a, a Muslim woman in the book. Uh, you know, so it's like, you know, like these these kind of like outcasts or these uh, marginalized characters are mm-hmm. the lead characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are the resistance leaders. Um, and uh, then I also want to tell kind of like an allegorical kind of a, uh, a pseudo-biblical type story. Mm-hmm. In the Hence my, my main character's name is <laughs> Moses. And so yes. it's almost like, uh, you know, a, a, a retelling of the Exodus because he leads mm-hmm. a whole slew of people to the border to escape Russian aggression as they're pouring into America. He's leading these people to the border. But of course, as with many, um, you know, protagonists, he's a very flawed character. Yes. Uh, drug dealer. He's yes. a he, he, he's a DJ who, who has this these uh, kind of uh, aspirations of glory to be the next uh, DJ premier or yes. whatever. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, Hip hop plays a huge, huge role in this, by the way. Yeah. And so then, uh, so he inadvertently. You know, release a, a convoy of, of people to the border uh, to safety, and that's kind of how he becomes this um, kind of legend, mm-hmm. uh, primarily in his own mind. But yes, he's he's, <laughs> he's he's a legendary kind of a figure, 
And so, uh, yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of things I'm trying to, to do with this story to just kind of like um, communicate truth, um, to communicate, you know, kind of what could happen, but also mm-hmm. to, to start the conversation of how can we all be unified Americans? How can we all drop partisan issues, drop partisan politics and all these things that divide us and, and prevent us from having a conversation. Right. And let's start just talking. I don't care who you are. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm, you know, I'm an independent. So, you know, my thing is I don't care. I, I can see both sides of the issue. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's kind of stupid to be yelling at each other when we could be actually talking to each other about the things that we have in common. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, this book takes apparently takes place in a refugee camp where everyone is now equal because socioeconomically we all poor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, the war has become the great equalizer and everybody's kind of on the outs now. So this is, uh, you know, the, the beginning uh, of a conversation uh, and, and yes, it's entertaining and yes, it's all it's great. But, you know, let's let's start to use this as, as a, a conversation piece. It, it is that very much so. The, the art alone, the story, of course, but the combination of the two, God, it's to the point where I'm again from Michigan originally and when I opened up the first couple pages, I was cold. Like, like it's it's you you you're conveying like I I get it <laughs> for yeah. lack of a better term I get it and yeah. I think that um, like you said this is very important to the point where I I feel like this needs to be read and I'm not just saying it because you're on here and we're discussing it but I honestly truthfully believe that with everything you said. And with this war being the great equalizer, like you said, and it being some of the themes and and things involved in this story kind of ringing true today, or at the very least are adjacent to some things that we're dealing with today. I think that this story is very, very important. And the fact that it's not a reaction to the current uh, presidency, that this was something that was done well beforehand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Kudos to you and the team. Yeah, I, and, I just want to actually give a shout out to, to my, my team, actually, because, you know, without without them, this this wouldn't have even happened. So mm-hmm. it's like Robert, Jeffrey, you know, my boy, my co-writer. <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. He, he's like the yin to my yang in this in this story. Uh-huh. Uh, where, where if, if I can if I'm if I'm 20,000 feet looking down, he's on the ground as far as writing is concerned. Yeah. So. So yeah, man, Robert, um, you know Don Hillsman, you know fantastic artist uh, who, who just really helped to, uh, to to solidify my work. Lex Lex Wolfcraft is another brother colorist. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the, you know, uh, you know. Uh, oh, my cover artist, my gosh, man, Coy Turnbull. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. man. For for the graphic novel cover, I was able to snag one of the best. Artist out there in the game right now, mm-hmm. Koi, 
movies. He was uh, down with um, uh, uh, Michael Turner's Fathom, mm. with Aspen Comics. Um, you know, he's a you know, DC Comics, a Marvel Comics dude, man. I mean, he's currently doing stuff for Humanoid. So it's like, you know, to, to be able to, to snag him, to, to really kind of uh, visualize several covers, including um, my, my graphic novel cover, yeah. was just an absolute blessing. Mm. And uh, you know he and I are, are are working on another another book we can talk about in a minute uh, cool. the North Star, but yeah so my team and um, you know uh, man I'm telling you right now and 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 uh, publisher Terminus Media um, you know Mark uh, uh, he he's just really a good dude he saw the vision um, when I saw it and uh, and he's like yeah okay I'll give you a chance and, and, and get this published so yeah. uh, Terminus. Atlanta-based uh, publisher, so I just mm. want to give a shout to to my team. Yes, yes, kudos to, to all of them, and uh, especially uh, Mr. Jeffrey. We've had him on yeah, here yeah, on Free Black. So yeah, we're yeah. Uh, we're big fans of him over here. So yeah, yeah and all of you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good freaking deal. Like this, man. Again, I feel like everyone needs to, at the very least, read this book. If everyone doesn't own a copy, you still need to read it at least once this is something that will stick with you because bro it's just yeah i'm really trying uh i'm making an effort to try to to get this into public public schools Mm -hmm. um into uh lit classes english lit classes Mm -hmm. um you know uh libraries because i do believe that it it is uh, relevant and uh it really um you know something that i uh kids could really latch on to the style is very kind of urban. It's hip hop. It's uh, uh, you know uh, got the post-apocalyptic theme, but it yeah. also has really really good solid um, you know ethical um, uh, you know, values in it. And it definitely asks and answers a lot of questions. Hmm. Yes, yes, I I agree a hundred percent. I'm um, I'm just I'm scrolling through the first issue now, and I'm still just like, man, this is dope. <laughs> Thank you. Thank oh, you very so- much. Do you have any plans with this story? Like, you have the graphic novel. Is there more of this universe you want to flesh out? Or is this, like, the solid story that you wanted to tell? Oh, man. Radio Free America has, there's lots and lots of places it can go. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I have been approached um, by, um, you know, the entertainment industry. in LA to uh, to do more with this, and so there there will be more coming as far as that's concerned. But okay. uh, yeah, yeah, there are plans. Okay. Uh, absolutely. Well, for good, this. good, good. I'm glad to hear that because again, as great as the story is, I know <laughs> that we've been conditioned over the years with these um, comic book movies and with the TV shows and just with comics in general having these ongoing mm-hmm. arcs of like wanting more uh but yeah. i also realized that you're an independent creator so i i i, I teeter that line of i want more give me two three four more arcs but yeah, also yeah. realizing that not that you're a one-man show but that this is not uh powered by this huge machine that's just going to throw out you know several arcs just because people have asked for them well let me just throw well, something up there the- you know what, Rain, man, um, the thing I told um, the publisher when it came to Radio Free America was um, I understand um, fully that uh, comic books as a business alone yeah. is not viable. 
Um, it's not lucrative. It, 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 it really uh, is very, very uh, limited in scope. And so I told him, I said, you know, I don't want to do a monthly uh, floppy with yeah. this mm -hmm. uh, because you put too much time and, and get very little in return. Mm -hmm. I said, but what I do want to do is I want to do three books, tell one part of the arc, the beginning of the arc, put it in a graphic novel, stop there, have it as one book. We call it season one. Mm -hmm. And we can then sell that for as long as we need to until we can figure something else out. Yeah. And so uh, he, he agreed. He, he said, that's a great idea. And, and we, it was a three year process and we did it, you know, and, and we put our book together and uh, we're still talking about it today. And, and whether books two or, or season two comes out or whatever, uh, it, it, it's up in the air right now. But, um, you know, my whole thing is to just get the conversation started with the yeah. first book see where it goes from there it, it's already doing exactly what i wanted it to do which is mm -hmm. garner and uh and to uh to really, i i didn't set out to be you know um, financially set for life with this first story mm -hmm. and, and i knew that i knew that going into it my whole goal was to tell my complete first act of yeah. this of this arc mm -hmm. and that's exactly what i did and and it, it is a lesson to those who are starting and wanting to get in the industry, you have to manage your expectations. Yeah, you have to be very, very realistic and see what you can do. If you reach the goal that you can reach, and then go from there. Um, you know, do one thing, do it really, really, really well, and, and then you, you you complete it, and you build from there. And you know, I, I have students that I teach comic book art to, and I, I tell them that all the time. I said, let's just finish the first book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I talk about you know the, the arcs and the seasons and all that let's just finish one book mm -hmm, get it done mm -hmm. and then... man so with you being a teacher being an educator do you have any advice any um anything you would give to some young boy girl whoever in idaho or new york or whoever sure. just who wants to yeah. dip their toe yeah. in this industry being yeah, absolutely. writing whatever just being a creator what what would you what would you tell that person if someone wants to get into comics, the best way to do is to make comics. Mm. That's the same thing with movies. Mm. You cannot steer a car that's not moving. So do it. You know, listen, it's a cheap thing. You can, if you have a computer, you know a little bit of Photoshop. Mm -hmm. uh, you know a little bit of, about writing. If you don't get someone who's a writer, get together, have a little team, and put together a book. Yeah. <clears throat> print out there's lots of print on demand companies that do you can print one book for two bucks mm. get that book done it's a proof of concept take it to a comic book convention that will show those artists there that unlike someone giving you a sketchbook with comic with characters no this is a completed project it yeah. shows that you actually finish what you start just do it don't worry about getting a publisher and all that just do it that's yeah. my advice <laughs> good deal good deal and i think that's very important to keep that idea constant because we're not in the day and age and this is something i have to check myself with as well we're not in the day and age where you had these gatekeepers at the marvel the dc the universals yeah. the where you have to go through here youtube yeah. like you said print on demand companies um yeah. the internet has made it easier 
to get your story out there. Yeah, said, we're all content creators. We exactly. are all content creators. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful. And like, even with this podcast, I, again, like I said before, I was a fan of podcasts and I was yeah. getting into them. But as easy as it was for me to find a podcast and just listen to it, just by searching whatever into the search bar, I still had to make myself understand you can do this just as simply. So I think that's very good advice, especially now when you have yeah. a computer in your pocket. Everyone yeah. has one. Yeah, man. And, and kudos to you, Rain Man. I mean, you're doing an excellent job. You know, I, I'm very, very proud that you decided to take the risk to just do it. And um, we, we definitely need more brothers like you out there uh, who are repping, you know, these really cool uh, issues and, and topics. Yes, I, I do appreciate it. I'm just, uh, I just, it, it still baffles me. Like just to have, just to be speaking to you, and <laughs> I, having read your work before and then speaking to you now, it's really uh, kind of surreal uh, because I, I know. <laughs> I'm just a guy with a mic and a computer <laughs> speaking into the ether at my kitchen table. But knowing that from that, I'm here. Like that's 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 really big. So thank you, thank you for coming. Yeah. I just don't. This is it's ridiculous. But no problem. <laughs> <Not> problem. So <laughs> going a little further, we have Radio Free America. That's dope. Again, I'll have links in the show notes so that listeners uh, can uh, get, go to the site. Uh, purchase, uh, view, whatever needs to be done. I'll have all those links in the show notes so that that'll be easily accessible for everyone listening. Um, so you have this other project. Yeah, the, absolutely. The North Star graphic novel. Yeah. So go ahead and let us know what is this? What is the North Star? Um, the North Star, well, the full title is uh, The North Star, The Emancipation of Frederick Douglass. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and uh, this is kind of like a labor of love. Okay. Um, uh, it will be um, out and available pretty much by the end of the year. I, I don't have a, a, a hard deadline at the moment. Um, but uh, I came up with this idea after I read... Um, um, the autobiography of Frederick Douglass. Uh, there are three different versions of those. So I read all those uh, over uh, last summer. Mm -hmm. um, and I said, oh my God, I mean, there's so much stuff that I didn't know that I thought I knew. Yeah. And we all, we know, hey, Frederick Douglass, we think we know who he is, but we don't know the half of mm. this and his life and his contribution to America, our history, our culture, um, just even emancipation uh, uh, of the slaves. I mean, in his hard work in that regard. Um, and so I said, this story needs to be told. And then I did some research. I said, okay, well, were there comic books um, done by this, about this man? Mm -hmm. uh, not many, not many at all, and, and not very good ones. <laughs> and so I said, okay, well, I'm gonna do it. Uh, I pitched it to uh, to uh, Koi, um, and he, uh, you know, it's almost like he and I were on the same wavelength at the same time. We were both vibing it because, you know, while Koi Koi is extremely busy between his comic projects, mm -hmm. uh, he, he takes some time to read the Frederick Douglass book as well. Yeah, uh, and he has also been wanting to do this too. 
And so when I when I called him up, I said, bro, you know, this is something I'm thinking about doing. He said, okay, go ahead and send me a script. Okay, okay. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I, I, I composed a script uh, based off of um, uh, just one portion of his life. Um, the way I'm telling the story is in, in three sections. So it has him as a slave, him as a recently freed man, and then him as uh, a statesman uh, up to his death. So there's three mm-hmm. volumes. It's a very long process. It's a very long book. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the only way I feel that I can kind of encapsulate his life in, in a way that honors uh, his memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I sent him the first section of the first um, the, the first graphic novel. Um, and he was over the moon. <laughs> the direction we're, we're wanting to take with it is very kind of fresh, contemporary, but really kind of honors uh, the, the time period. And, okay. and just like me, Koi is uh, he's a, uh, um, a student of history as well. So he wants to be, you know, visually accurate yeah. as well as, um, you know, contextually accurate. And so, um, so yeah, we, we started talking, got together. Then of course we brought Robert on board as a co-writer, uh, and uh, then we just started the process. And um, you know, you know, raised money over Kickstarter um, so that we all could have a little bit of money in our pocket to do this book. And um, it's just been a fantastic journey. Uh, we got endorsed by um, uh, the uh, great grandson of Frederick Douglass. Mm, okay. Um, and, in their, um, uh, uh, they have a um, an organization uh, that uh, is uh, Frederick Douglass Family Foundation, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, the three times great grandson of Frederick Douglass um, endorsed our book. That is, and uh, so yeah, I mean, we this is a real a real deal a real deal situation, uh, and my whole thing is you know. It's all about, and this is what I said earlier, I, I'm a storyteller, but I'm also an educator. Mm-hmm. This is honoring history. This is, um, you know, making sure that we don't forget where we came from. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's a great story. This man, he he knew President Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Lincoln called Frederick Douglass his friend. Mm-hmm. You know, he was um, influential uh, during uh, Ulysses S. Grant ad- administration, uh, arguably um, one of the most pro-black <laughs> administrations that people never heard of during the time of Reconstruction, mm-hmm. right after the Civil War. This man did so much uh, to, to enable um, uh, uh, black emancipation that people don't even remember. And Frederick Douglass was a part of all of that. Right, um, right. Frederick right, Douglass, right. he 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 knew um, uh, uh, John Brown. John mm. Brown, the slave rebellion at Harper's Ferry. Mm. He was almost recruited. He was re- he was actually recruited, but he refused to go yeah. to Harper's Ferry. But John Brown recruited him. I mean, this is history that that we need to know. We need to know these things. I mean, right. he he was at the forefront of the women's suffrage movement. Mm. Who knew that? I didn't know that before. Right, right. So it's like, he's like, okay, man, after emancipation is handled, let's talk about women's suffrage. So it's like the, these pivotal key flashpoints in our history. Frederick Douglass was there. 
So it's like, why not tell the story? Why not you know, give this man his, his just due? Why not give him his shine time outside of just give him a statue? Right, right, let's right. Create, let's create a series of books that we can um, uh, put in school district, put in the hands of these youth who have no clue who this man is. They, you know, they, they don't even really know his name, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So my whole goal behind this project was to uh, feed a passion of mine, but also, um, you know, I have a mandate to put something out in this world that's going to uplift everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's all. Hey, listen, we're all Americans. This man was an American, too. Yeah. <laughs> right. You are, you are killing me. <laughs> So with this, uh, I don't even know. This is, um, I think, as I was saying before, like this isn't the 90s anymore. Things are being consumed differently. Yeah. When we have textbooks that say that slaves were happy servants or whatnot being (laughs) produced anywhere, even if it's just in one city, that's a problem. So I like that you are giving us the history of somebody who is very important not only yeah. to black history, but American history yeah. in a way that is not just a textbook that you give a third grader uh, right. because it's uh, mandated. Like, I really like kind of those both ends of the spectrum that we have people who are bold enough to print this inaccuracy. But then you have a project yeah. like the North Star that is, if not made directly to combat that is just by existing combating that falseness that you're that other yeah. people are trying to put out there so this well is... you know this thing is you know listen um i'm getting this from a primary source this is straight out of frederick Douglass's own words about mm-hmm. and what he saw at that time yeah it's my job it's coy's job it's robert's job to communicate that as uh, as accurately Mm-hmm. as possible and as respectfully as possible now of course it is um uh, my interpretation so it you know there is some embellishment yeah. in order to condense the story to make it um uh, consumable mm-hmm. for the audience that i'm trying to reach mm-hmm. so it's not you know kind of you know word for word <laughs> right, right. however it is i think going to be a very honest uh, and a very respectful rendition of his life story. Uh, and, and in a way that, uh, like I said, is consumable for our youth um, and uh, can lend itself to, uh, like I said about Radio Free America, discourse, opening mm-hmm. up uh, channels of communication. And, uh, you know, I always say to, to my students and, and to other people, it's like my whole, um, uh, if I have a mission in life, my whole mission is to build bridges of empathy mm. between disagreeing people. Mm. Bridges of empathy. Let's let's learn how to be kind to each other. Let's learn how to listen to each other. Mm. Let's learn how to uh, work together. And that's really the goal. Mm. Mm. That's oh my god! You <laughs> you poured into this show so much. Uh. Again, the links will be in the show notes. Um, I know you said you didn't have an, an exact date for the uh, for the North Star, but there um, you do have a link or something where we can at least, or is it the Radio Free America site? 
Um, yeah, there are a couple of links. Um, the the North Star has its own web, web page. Okay. Uh, it's it's uh, the North Star GN. Um, let me make sure I got that right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the North Star comic. The North Star comic. Okay. I've been there ten minutes. I've been working on other things. We'll throw that up there. The North Star is... comic. It's the northstarcomic.com. Um, and also, we have a, a, a Twitter feed, North Star uh, uh, GN, mm-hmm. or at North Star GN. Uh, and also, uh, Radio Free America is radiofreeamerica.com. And uh, our Twitter handle is at RFA official. Okay, okay. Yeah, we'll definitely make sure to put those links in the show notes. Uh, so that we can maximize on the, uh, the 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 traffic, at least from whatever I can from my platform, because this is a yeah, bold stories. Yeah, need to be consumed uh, as 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 much and as frequently as possible. Because, man, you've you've done some amazing things and still are apparently. So, God, I'm trying. Man. Oh, I I'm trying. Uh, I think that, like I said, I mean, you know, we we all are here on this earth for a reason um you know yeah I just in full disclosure i'm a christian so mm-hmm. it's like you know, i believe that i'm here for a reason and my reason is like i said to build bridges of empathy mm-hmm. to 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 bring people together to uh to start conversations yes even very difficult conversations um but uh i do believe that within um every disagreement um there are um uh, kernels of of acceptance, uh, there are kernels of uh, similarity, um, and there are some things that we all can agree on. And so my whole thing is um, trying to shed light on those areas where mm-hmm. we can agree, uh, and uh, in those areas of universality. Yeah. Um, you know, at the core of Radio Free America, yes, there is a black man on the cover of the book, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> However, he is a son. Uh, he is uh, a man who is uh, struggling to make ends meet. Um, he is a man who has uh, dreams and ambitions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and he's an American. So we all can relate, right? right. We all can relate. We all are husbands or, or sons or fathers. We all you know, would stand up against a threat to our family mm-hmm. or even our country in some way. Um, we all... Uh, uh, love the freedom that that we are uh, blessed with in this country. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's start there, right? Let's start there, and then from there, yeah, we can go into those areas where we disagree, but um, you know, we should do it in a uh, respectful way that uh, is kind and is empathetic. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree, man. This... <laughs> I feel like a better person just for talking with you today, man, for real. I appreciate it. Man, oh, my God. Listeners, please, please, please make sure to check these links. If for nothing else, if you, I don't know, can't support or whatever, share the word. Share the link. You know, um, it's free to copy and paste into your Twitter feed or onto your Facebook feed. So do that. Um, God, I don't know. Any, like, I don't (laughs) last thing uh thoughts uh 
ideals, uh, something to get across about yeah. Ultra Project or anything coming yeah, up? Yeah, my whole thing is, you know, um, you know, uh, I am always available if anyone has any questions, if anyone wants to have any dialogue, whatever, you know, if you hit me up on my Twitter, if you hit me up on, um, you know, the, the RFA page, there's a, a link for uh, um, comments or if you have a question or whatever, you know, please just email me. I'm, I'm an open book. Um, you know, like I said, I'm a teacher. I'm an educator. My, you know, my students are my Facebook friends. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I don't mind having conversations if I have time uh, that doesn't take away from my family. Right. right. Uh, Oh, I don't mind having those conversations. I really don't. Uh, and uh, yeah, man, just go, you know, check out. I mean, my whole thing is even if you don't buy the book, and, and I'm not, you know, a, a huckster out to, to, to just sell a book. Yeah. I'm actually telling stories. So, you know, just go to the website, just look at it, pass it along to someone else who may be interested in mm -hmm. it, you know, uh, or if you want to, you know, purchase a book, give it to your kid, you mm -hmm. know. Give it to, you know, um, with Cobalt, one of the things that was very, very successful is I would actually, um, you know, uh, you talk to teachers yeah. and I would say, hey, listen, you know, buy 10 books, I'll give you a discount and just give them away. Yeah. Give them to kids, give them to kids so that those kids can have the same kind of uh, experience I had as a kid with comics, just mm -hmm. being in wonder and awe with the artwork and the worlds that are created and just literacy and reading um kids shouldn't have to pay for that right they shouldn't pay for it it should be free they should just be given it they should yeah. be just give it to them so buy some books give them to your neighborhood kids give them to your friends family whatever um especially with the north star coming up that that right there to me is going to be much more um uh, education friendly yeah so you know that's really you know what i want to leave people with you know you know, just you know be kind to each other uh, and give as you can, uh, and and put good in the world. Mm. Mm. Good, good, good. Lord, man. Uh, so yeah, listeners, that's 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 what it is. Again, these links will be in the show notes. Please make sure to follow through, click on them, look around, share them. Like I say, buy a copy of something for yourself, for your kid, niece, nephew, or whoever. Um, I, okay, so I guess remind the listeners where they can find you online or where you, you would be okay with them reaching out to you? Yeah, um, RadioFreeAmerica.com. Um, that pretty much is the main page. You can find um, almost everything. The okay. North Star links are on there as well. Mm -hmm. um, the NorthStarComic.com as well is for specifically the North Star. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Twitter, at uh, RFAOfficial. Um, uh, or um, for the North Star, it's at uh, NorthStarGN. Okay. on twitter wow. mm -hmm. um yeah and uh those are the ways that are very very easy to reach me uh if you have any questions whatever just please just hit me up oh definitely definitely and um i don't know listeners <laughs> make sure to use the hashtag cbn pod when listening to this episode reach out if you're on twitter and you're live tweeting go ahead and uh check out radio free america and the north stars twitter Handle, you know, click in, say, I'm, I'm listening to it. I like what I'm hearing, you know, support, whatever. Just kind of get that word out. Um, yeah, so thank you so much for coming on. I do. I appreciate it, man. This was, 
this was phenomenal. I, I can't wait for this to go up and and see what reactions we get to it because this is um this is dope. This is dope. Thank you. Well, Thank you. So we we finished the North Star. Uh, I would like to come back and maybe I can convince Corey to come on with me. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I'd love to have. Just look, bring in anyone, any and everyone. Bring them on. <laughs> that's that's dope. Yeah. No, I'm down. I'm definitely down. I um would. I'm I'm as I as I say. The doors of uh, Carefree Black Nerd are always open to you. If you have something a year, two years from now, make sure. Or if you just want to come on and talk about whatever books you're reading, or just you know chop it up about a movie or something, I'm open. So just this is your invitation back. This is your open Thank invitation. You, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. <laughs> no problem. No problem. So for all of you out there who just uh, got all this goodness poured into you, make sure to live tweet. Use the hashtag CBNPod. Check out the links in the show notes. Hit me up in, on Twitter, Carefree Blurred. Again, that's the quickest, most immediate way to get in touch with me. If not, email me, carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. Please check the feed for other shows that are available. Um, I'll probably link the uh, episode with Robert on here as well, so you can kind of get double the dose of the North Star and Radio Free America. And as always, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky. And uh, catch y'all next time.